This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Well, hey, everybody. It's good to see you today. If you don't know, my name's Nick, and I'm a part of our staff team here at the church. I'm so excited that you're here. Is anybody excited to be here? Another day, you woke up alive. Man, so excited you're here. I don't know how you uh, showed up today. Maybe you're kind of going through a tough time, a difficult season of your life. Maybe you're just feeling like you're on top of the mountain, wherever you find yourself. I'm excited that you're, uh, you're here. I was talking to somebody before our first service, and they, uh, they told me that they told their buddies that they'd give them 100 bucks if they would come to church this morning. I thought to myself, I need new friends because, I mean, 100 bucks a pop just to come and listen to somebody talk, and wow worth it, right? <laughs> um, but I'm glad you're here. We're going to have a lot of fun today. I'm excited about what God's going to do in our lives. How many of you expecting a great year? Expecting a great year? All of our uh, campuses. You know, we kicked off uh, this series, The Year I See, last weekend. Uh, my dad, our lead pastor, did. And, and we've been talking about how we believe this is going to be a year of great favor. And we're saying it over and over and over and over again. Uh, we bought wristbands for everybody. And uh, we're, we're just kind of going hard. We're trying to, 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 to say it over and over. And the reason we're saying it so much is that we're trying to get you to believe it. We're trying to get you to believe that this year could be different. Do you believe that this year could be different? What's funny, and, uh, and this is what I want to talk about today, because uh, uh, this, this idea of, of, of God wanting to favor your life, this, this idea of God wanting to bless your life, to be able to live above circumstance, to be able to live above what is. I don't know if you heard my dad say it, but he said it, it's not magic. And, and this is kind of what we're getting at. This, this idea that God wants to favor you this year is not a new idea. It's not, it's not a new idea at all. In fact, God wants you to live your very best life. This is actually the central idea of Christianity. It is. That you would live your best life, not just a life that's just status quo, not just a life that's average, not just a life that goes wherever the wind blows, wherever circumstance takes, t- circumstance takes you, but you would live your best life. Jesus said it like this in John 10, 10. We center our church, our entire church around this scripture when, when, we're, when we're preaching most of the time. And we say this, this is what the scripture says. The thief comes only in order to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said this, I came that they may have and enjoy life. That sounds like favor to me. That they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Now, another translation says a better life than they ever dreamed. Can you imagine if this year was a better life for you than you could even dream? Right? What's interesting, though, is if we're really honest, we've been here before. Don't we kind of start every year thinking, this is going to be my year? Huh? If we're really honest and we look back over the years, I mean, there's probably been several different years when you kicked it off in January and thought, man, last year was hell, but this one's going to be it. Like this one, we're turning over a new leaf. This is going to be my year of favor. This idea that life could get better, it's not a new idea. You see, the truth is this. This, this can be your year of favor. This can be your best year ever, but it's only going to be different if you're different. You can't do the same exact things this year and expect like somehow there's going to be some sort of mystical cloud of favor that's just going to 
oh, sit on me and now I'm, I'm favored by, but God, it doesn't, doesn't work like that. You see, if you want this year to be different, you have to be different. We got to take steps. We got to change. We got to be committed. It's not magic. It's not magic. I say it like this, like if, if I could stand up here and I could tell you, you know what, this is going to be your best year yet. But the truth is, this is only going to be your best year yet if it's your best year spiritually. What, what, am, what, am I, what am I talking about? Because at the core of who you are, listen to this, the core of who you are, you're more than just a person occupying a space in a system. At the core of who you are, you are not just human, you are spirit. What do I mean? What, what I mean is this, making a whole lot of money this year isn't going to fulfill you. And some of us think, yeah, but at least I have a lot of money. It's better to have a bad attitude and a lot of money than a bad attitude and no money, right? Like, but making a lot of money, man, that's not, go, that's not going to make this year the best year ever. Throwing yourself into another relationship, man, that's not going to make you feel whole. You see, there's a real you. And in order for you to live this best life, in order for you to live a life of favor, in order to live a life that is better than I've ever dreamed, I, I got to work on me. I got to take care of the real me. I can't just pay attention to things that are external. I got to pay attention to the things that are internal. Right? So how do, we, how do, how do I do that? I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't, want this, I don't want this year to be like last year. I don't want to settle, settle for same old, same old. I want to... I want to do something with my life, man, to take steps to what? This life that God has told me he has prescribed for me. If I'm going to do that, I think there's two central ideas that we can, we can talk about. And we can talk about spiritual growth and taking care of yourself spiritually. How do you do that? Uh, but I want to break it down to two ideas. We're going to talk about one this week, and then we're going to talk about one uh, next week. If I, want, if I want to grow spiritually, if I want to take care of the real me, if I want to live a life of favor, if I want to live my best life, if I want my wildest dreams like God said, if I want those things to come to pass, I got, I got to prioritize some things. I got to focus on some things. And the first thing I got to focus on, write this down. You're probably going to think, really? Yeah. yeah, really. Here's the first one. It's faith. Okay, what am I talking about when I talk about faith? Because I know, it, I mean, it's a term that's been hijacked in our society. When I talk about faith, I'm talking about faith in, in, in its entirety. I'm talking about the idea that there's something that exists that is greater than you. I'm talking about the idea that there is a God, that there is a creator, that you are not just human, that you are spirit. I'm talking about the idea that there is Jesus, that Jesus is real, that Christianity, maybe it's the, it's the message that makes an only a little bit of sense, that, that you and your imperfect state could connect to a perfect God, not based upon your works, or your performance, or how good you can be, or the things that you can done, but based upon God's goodness in your life. This, this is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about faith. Believing in a God, but not just a God, that he is good. And that he wants good things for your life. And he wants your life to be better. He doesn't want it to get worse. He doesn't want it to be average. He wants it to be above average. What am I talking about? I'm talking about faith. I'm talking about trust. I'm talking about belief. I'm talking about expectation. Why? Because you will have what your faith expects. This is a scripture that my dad read to us uh, this last week. In, in the book of Matthew, it says, you will have what your faith expects. But this idea that, that whatever you expect in life is what, what, what comes to you, this is not just something that pertains to Christianity. This is a principle. And you see this in life. You see this in life. when You, you see people that, that, that have no foundation of Christianity or faith in, in Christ, yet you, there's people on this earth who refuse to be poor. They believe that in their life they are destined to have money. And these kind of people you can't keep poor. Why? Because they have what their faith expects. What you believe you can be, you can be. This is a spiritual principle. 
It transcends the realm of what is natural. It, it goes into a, to a realm of things that are spiritual. And so if I'm going to have in my life what my faith expects, I have to prioritize faith. I have to take care of the real me as it pertains to my faith. So how, how do I do that? Today I want to look into a passage of Scripture that I believe exemplifies great faith. And I want to take maybe just three different ideas from this story. You may have heard it before. You may have not. In the, in the book of Matthew, we're going to look at this, this story. Jesus, speaking of Jesus, it says this, as he finished saying this, Jesus, a local official appeared. Now, this local official, he bows politely and he says to Jesus, he says, my daughter has just now died. But if you come and touch her, I believe that she will live. So he's sitting there, he's waiting for Jesus's response. So Jesus looks at the man, he says, okay. So he gets up, Jesus gets up and he goes with him. They're on his way to raise this man's dead daughter, from the dead, his disciples following along. As they're on their way to do what? To raise this man's dead daughter up from the dead. It says this, just then a woman who had hemorrhaged for 12 years, she slipped in from behind and she lightly touched his robe. She's trying to get her own miracle. She was thinking to herself, if I can just put a finger on his robe, I know, I know that I will get well. So Jesus, he turns where? On his way to heal this, to bring back to life this dead man's daughter. He he turns and he catches this woman in this act and he reassures her. He says this, he says, courage, daughter. You took a risk of faith. You took a risk of faith and now you're well. And the woman was well from then on. So after this whole thing that kind of looks like an interruption, it says this, by now they had finally arrived at the house of the town official. And they pushed their way through the gossips looking for a story <clears throat> and the neighbors bringing in casseroles. We're going to talk about that next week. That's the title of next week's message. The gossips looking for a story and the neighbors bringing in casseroles. Jesus was abrupt and he says this. He says, clear out. And he makes a big statement. The girl isn't dead. She's sleeping. What? They told him he didn't know what he was talking about. They see this girl. They see that she's dead. But when Jesus had gotten rid of the crowd, he went in, he took the girl's hand, and he pulls her up to her feet alive. The news was soon out and traveled throughout the region. What an incredible story of faith. If I'm going to be a person of faith, there's three ideas that I want to take out of this story, and I think we can apply them to the life. If I want to prioritize faith in my life, the first thing we see here is Jesus comes to the the man, and he says, he makes a statement that is really bold. And he says, your daughter, she isn't dead, she's sleeping. If I'm going to prioritize faith in my life, I have to be willing to redefine my problems. Redefine my problems. There is nothing that can steal your expectation like your circumstance. There is nothing that can steal your ability to believe and to trust God and to hope for a better tomorrow and to hope that this year is going to be different when you hit a circumstance that seems like a bump in the road, when you encounter problems. There is nothing that has the ability to steal your joy like what you're going through today, right? Problems, problems. The girl isn't dead She's sleeping. Jesus comes in and he redefines this man's problem. In other words, what this man sees as permanent, Jesus tells the man is only temporary. What problem are you facing in your life that you have deemed as permanent that God only sees as temporary? 
Because the thing about problems, the thing about circumstances, it seems like it's going to last forever. You ever had, you remember when you had your first heartbreak? Remember the very first time like somebody broke your heart and it felt like they just threw your heart in a garbage can and just stomped on it real good? And man, you just cried yourself to sleep at night. It's like, oh God, I'll never have a chance to love again. Like this is just the end. And, and now you look back on the situation, you probably laugh to yourself, right? There are situations in my life that I never thought that I would get beyond. There were problems that I found myself in. There were circumstances that I had found myself in. It's like, God, will I ever be able to get past this? What's funny is I look back on those times now and it almost seems like a dream. Like it doesn't, doesn't even seem real because here's the thing about problems. Every circumstance has a season. Every problem that you're facing today, it may seem like it's gonna last forever, but it's not gonna last forever. Every problem that you're facing, man, it just seems like, man, my, this is going to be my life. It's not going to be your life. That circumstance is going to change. That pro- the way you feel about that problem is going to change. Maybe you're a parent. Maybe you're in the season of life that, that I'm in where you're raising young kids. Man, that can be discouraging some days, right? When, I mean, I've told you about my kids. I mean, my kids paint on the walls with their own number two. Like, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I'm going through. I mean, it, talk about making you want to quit in life. I mean, I told you, I mean, wake, going to get, throw, throw steaks on the grill and you fire up the grill and then you start smelling dog food because they threw dog food in your barbecue pit. And it's like, God, <laughs> my latest story, woke up the other morning, man, I'm just high on life, like singing songs. My wife is a little bit annoyed with me because I'm just a little too chipper and singing songs. And yeah, just kind of poking fun. I go to hop in the shower, I swing open the shower, I turn on the water sing a little bit more song, and then I open the door to hop in the shower, and I look down, and my laptop is open in the shower with the water. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Every circumstance has its season. In my life, i got to remind myself of that. Maybe you're in the same season that I'm in. You have to remind yourself of that. Otherwise, man, I want to give up on life every day. I would be so mean and hateful and just like, I would be a horrible father if I just imagined in my mind and thought that this is my new life. No, every circumstance has its season. If you're in that season, hold on. What happens when you, what happens when you take your problems and you redefine them? You find a new empowerment. You find a new grace to be able to handle the circumstances that you're facing. I'm able to have a whole lot more grace with my kids and to love them even through this, this journey that we're on. Because why? Because I know it's not going to last forever. It's not going to last forever. Maybe you're in a season of life where you're, you're working with your parents. Maybe your parents are at the end of your life. Maybe you find yourself in it. Man, man, and you're just frustrated. Maybe in your relationships, you're frustrated. Hear me today. It's not going to last Forever, times change, seasons change. And whether the problem changes here on this earth or it changes after we're done here on this, it's, it's going to change. Don't treat your problem like it's permanent. What problem have you called permanent that God has called temporary? Maybe is it, is it, is it your, your failures, your mistakes? When you look back over your life, you might have a monumental moment that when you did this, you thought your life was over. That's not the way God sees your life. That's not the way God sees your, your situation. Don't allow this circumstance, this thing that you went through to, 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 to have permanent, to cast permanent shadows on your life and to cause permanent problems in your future. No, it's temporary. Push past the pain. God, God has a plan and a future past the thing that you think is permanent. Maybe for you today, maybe, maybe it's something as silly as, as your age. You had great dreams when you were in your 20s. 
When you're in your late teens, man, man, the things that you were going to do in your life, but now that you're 30, now that you're 40, now that you're 50, now that you're 60, now that you're 70, now that you're 80, you feel like it's just too late. It's not too late. It's not permanent. It's temporary. Push through the things that you see as the things that have the ability to stop you dead in their tracks. Trust God. God is saying to you today, I believe, man, you have to be willing. If you're going to be a person of faith, you've got to be willing to redefine your problems. There's a big difference between dead and sleeping. When someone's dead, it's, it's, it's over. When someone's asleep, they're just, they're just getting their strength back for round number two. See, you don't have to worry about a dead giant, but a sleeping giant, you better watch out because when he wakes up, he's going to have a whole lot more strength than before he went to sleep. And I just declare into this place and into your lives, there's some of you who there's been drink, there's, listen to me, there's dreams that God has placed in your heart. They're not accidental. The dreams that God has placed in your heart, they are not accidental. They have been crafted by the creator for such a time as this. And many of you, because it didn't happen in the time that you thought it was going to happen, because you went through circumstances that you thought, man, I'll never be able to get past this. You thought it was over. But I just declare in this place that your dream is not dead. It's only been sleeping. It is not powerless that that when you awaken, that God is breathing fresh wind into your sails. And there's going to be more strength in your dream in the future than you ever thought possible. Every circumstance has its season. Every circumstance has its season. When I look at the story, that's not the only problem I see. There's this problem of that we have to redefine. And then there's this other obstacle that, man, I did not see this one coming. It's like, Jesus, we were making good traction. I came to you and I said, I, my daughter's dead. Like, that's a big leap of faith. Like, what are you going to do with that? And I believe if you, if you just come, that she'll, she'll come back to life. And we got it. We're making good progress. progress. But then here comes this this person that kind of seems to be getting in the way of my miracle, I see it as a problem. You see, in life, there are problems that need to be redefined. And then you're going to encounter things that feel like problems, but they're not really problems. They're actually just the process. If I'm going to be a person of faith, if I'm going to be a person who prioritizes faith in my life, I got to be willing to redefine my problems. But I have to also be willing to recommit to the process because everything has a process. Everything has a process. John uh, 16. You probably read this scripture if you've been around uh, in church for any length of time. It says, uh, Jesus speaking, I told you this so that my peace will be with you. He says, in the world you will have trouble, but cheer up because I have overcome the world. Now, there's nothing that will make you square your Christian shoulders and get ready for spiritual warfare like this scripture. Right? To think, okay, I'm going to have trouble. I don't really want to hear it, but okay, I guess here we go. Got to gear up because trouble's coming. Right? It's like my, my son eating broccoli. He's got to plug his nose and tears rolling down his eyes. Like, okay, if you say so, I have to eat it. Like, gulp. Like, it's one of those scriptures. None of us like to hear it. Right? We want to hear that all of our trouble is going to be wiped away. Not that in this world I'm going to have trouble. Sometimes I think we make, miss the message is being put out in the scripture. Because my question to Jesus is, in the world you will have trouble. Jesus, what do, you, what do you really know? What do you really know about trouble? I mean, I get you came to the earth and you went through things and like you went through things so that you can know what it's like to be human and all that. But, but, but seriously, like Jesus, what problems do you have when you yourself are the answer? Jesus, what do you know about trouble? What do you know about problems? You're the answer 
to every bit of trouble that I'll ever face. You're the answer to every problem that I would ever encounter. What do you know about trouble? Why is Jesus talking about trouble? Because we talk about trouble. Because problems, I mean, isn't everything in your life kind of a problem? If you're real, if you're honest, like your kids are your problem, your parents are a problem, the long line at Starbucks, that's a problem. The fact that I woke up late, that's also a problem. My dishwasher's not working. I got a problem, right? Everything in life that we face is a problem. In other words, we would define trouble. We would define problems as anything that doesn't go the way that I want it to go. That's my problem. So what, what is Jesus saying here? I, I told you this, my peace would be maybe with you. In this world, you're going to have trouble. Why is he calling it, why is he calling it trouble? That's not the emphasis. He's calling it trouble because you call it trouble. You ever caught, parents, you ever caught yourself calling water wah-wah? Huh? I did this the other day. Hey, babe, will you bring me some wah-wah? He's like, you're a grown man. You can call it water, right? <laughs> why am I calling it wah-wah? I know it's, I know it's not called wah-wah. I'm calling it wah-wah because my kids call it wah-wah. So Jesus is saying, in the world, you're going to have trouble if that's what you want to call it. Or in the world, everything's not going to go the way you want it to go. In the world, as you live this life, things are not always going to look the way that you think that they should look. The point of the message is not that. The point is, take Good heart, be of good cheer because I got you anyway. In other words, as you go through this journey in life, your process is not always going to look like you want it to go. Don't worry about it. I got you. And this is the, this is the hardest thing. This is the hardest thing for us to come to terms with because we want it to be our way. Don't we? Don't we want it to go the way that we want to go? But everything has a process. So I have tattoos all, all on, my, uh, on my body, on my arm. If I go to a, ta- a ta- tattoo artist and I sit down and uh, he, takes the, he takes the ink pen and the needle and he begins to, to tattoo my body and I go, ow! He goes, what? It hurts! He's going to say to me, what? He's going to, yeah, it's, it's a needle going into your arm. But I don't want it to hurt. Well, then you probably don't want a tattoo then. Why? Because there's a process to getting a tattoo. If you want to be a champion, you have to train. There's a process that you have to go through. I have friends in my life that are a whole lot, they're like specimens. Like if you looked up fitness in a dictionary, like their picture would just be there. Like they look a whole lot better than me. Uh, but, but, and, and I may think, oh my, my whole, man, I wish I could just look like that. You know what? Be going to the gym one to two times a month isn't going to cut it. Like that's not, that's not the process that gets you the results. Right? Right? They look a lot better than me because they've committed to a different process than I've committed to. Everything in life is a process. Uh, the Bible says it like this in Genesis. For as long as the earth lasts, planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, it will never stop. In other words, as long as I'm here on planet earth, I'm always going to be in process. There's always going to be a season. There's always going to be a process. John says it like this. He gets really bold. He says, let me make this clear. A single grain of wheat will never be more than a single grain of wheat unless it drops into the ground and dies. Because then it sprouts and produces and you have a great harvest of wheat, all because one grain dies. So here's, here's kind of the example. I'm going to use this example over here. I have this seed. This is what the scripture is saying. I have this apple seed, right? I have this apple seed. Unless this apple seed goes into the ground and goes through a process. This apple seed never has the ability to produce those apples. This is a picture of our lives. 
Unless we are willing with our lives, the seed that God is gives, how God, God works, he gives everything in seed form. Unless I'm willing in my life to go through the process, I will never know or experience my full potential. See, this year, man, God wants this year to be a great year, but unless I put myself in a process, this is why the Bible says those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of their God. This is why you need the support system of the local church. This is why you can't, and can't cut and run when you have to have disagreement. You gotta stay planted. Why? Because there's something that is happening underneath the soil that is preparing you for a great future of harvest. Your life is a seed and you have to commit to the process. What's incredible is we can cut open an apple and we can see how many seeds are in an apple, but only God knows how many apples are inside of the seed. In your life, only God knows the potential, the things that you could accomplish, the things that would blow your mind this year. If you would commit to the process, man, this is so difficult. And this is the idea really of surrender. This is really the idea of surrender. We preach it in the church, right? So you've got to surrender your life to God. And we think it's this, some laborious type of, okay, I've got to lay my life on the altar. And God, I just surrender it all. I just surrender it all. You know what surrender is? Surrendering is letting go of your idea of how you think things should look. That's what surrender is. When you come to God, when you're saying, God, I trust you. And I'm willing to commit to a process. I'm willing to let go of my idea of how this journey has to look. If it looks like I think it should look great. But if it doesn't, I'm not getting out of the process. I'm going to stay planted. I'm going to go through the process. I'm going to go through the process. I'm going to commit my life. Here's the thing about your life. This year, no one can keep you from the life God has promised you except one person. You know that one person is? It's you. When you come to faith in God, no person, no adversary, no trouble, no circumstance, no family member, no boss, no coworker has the ability to keep you from the life that God has promised you. The only person that has the ability to keep you from the life that God has promised you is you. You can have whatever life you want to have if you're willing to go through the process. You can be whoever God has called you can be, to be. You can have the life that you've dreamed of if you'll commit to going through the process. There's a process. So in life, I'm going to be a person of faith. I'm going to prioritize faith in my life. I'm going to take care of the real me. Man, I'm going, to ha- I'm going to have to redefine my problems, know that everything's not permanent, that it's temporary. I'm going to have to recommit myself to the process. And the third thing is this. I'm going to have to remind myself of the promise. I have to remind myself of where we're going, where we're heading, the things that I'm reaching towards. I'm going to keep my eyes on the prize. I can only imagine what this man is going through in the story in Scripture. Uh, When he came to Jesus, he said, my daughter has just now died. He tells him, if you come and touch her, she will live. And man, things are kind of progressing the way that he thinks they should be progressing. Jesus got up and he he went with them. And his disciples even followed along. Man, they got kind of a gang, like, we're going to make this happen. But then there's a diversion, right? I can only imagine the feelings of this man as this woman steps into the picture. Have you ever felt in life, like the very second you get going two steps forward, it feels like something's just pulling you three steps back? You ever felt the time, man, I'm stepping out and I'm trying to follow my dreams. I'm trying to chase after the things that I believe, man, I'm put on this earth to do. And the second you do, you just feel like the wind gets knocked out of you. It's like, what happened? What was it supposed to be like this? This isn't the thing that I signed up for. Things were going good. I like the way this thing was progressing. But then the situation gets it right in the middle of 
of, of, of my answer. I was supposed to be the one getting the answer. And, and what, what, what it looks like in the scriptures here pops up this, this lady. And it seems as if she's getting some sort of instantaneous miracle from Christ in this moment. But if you dig into her story a little bit, you found, find out that she's been on her process all along. And what's, what's kind of just like an aside, interesting kind of thing, is almost always God will use your process to create space for somebody else's miracle. Why? Why? Because in the quest to be everything that you want to be in life, it's like God wants us to remember that it's still not all about us. That even in the midst of our greatest moment of need, we have the ability to help those that are around us. I can only imagine the devastation in his heart. I can only imagine the pain that he was feeling. I can only imagine the questions that he was wrestling with on the inside of his soul and thinking to himself, man, I should just give up. I should just throw in the towel. This faith stuff doesn't really work. This religion stuff, this believing God, I, I, don't, I don't know because I've tried that and it doesn't seem like it's working. It's not looking like I expect it to look. Maybe I should just, maybe I should just go home. She's already dead anyway. She's already dead anyway. Maybe I should just go home. And, and as he's thinking about this, but he's, but he's thinking, but, but what if? What if I just stayed in the process? Because see, all I have, if I go home, I don't have the ability to bring my daughter back from the dead. But if I stick with Jesus, if I stick with the promise, I have this hope. I have this hope that one day we're going to get there. And my baby girl, she's going to come back from the dead. In your life, you may be feeling today discouraged. Here, I'm here to tell you, don't give up. You're not giving up. You're not going to throw in the towel. You're not going to give up on the promise that God has placed in your heart. You're not going to give up on the things that, that have been in you since you were a child. You're not throwing in the towel. You're not giving up. Stay in the process. Stay committed. Remind yourself of the goal. Remind yourself of the promise. First Corinthians says this, I planted, Apollos watered, but God made it grow. In other words, the process part, the planting and the watering, that's human. That's us. But the growing part, whose part is that? That's God's. Isn't it funny the thing that we obsess and we're most like passionate about seeing happen is the thing that we have no control over whatsoever? You can't make it grow. You can't make it grow. You on your own can't fix your broken marriage. You can't get your kids to act the way that you want them to act in your own power. Your job is to plant the water. Your job is to trust God. Your job is to, ha to have faith. When is it going to happen? I don't know. But if I know, you, I, know, I know that if you don't quit, God will not fail you. God has never failed you. It may, it may, maybe it hasn't came at the time that you wanted, but if you look back on your life, God has never failed me. I look back on my life, there are so many times that I've been frustrated, so many times that I've questioned God, so many times that I've questioned my faith, and it's like, God, what's up with this? But when I look back along my path and along my journey, he has never failed me. It may have not always come at the time that I've wanted it to come, but he's always been faithful. He's always been faithful. He's always been faithful. He's always been faithful. And what's interesting, when you look at people of great success, people that you, you would aspire to be like, I've had the privilege of having conversations with some of those people, and it's funny. When I sit down and I ask them, man, look at this great, these great things that you have accomplished. Man, did it, did, did it go the way that you thought it would go? Not once have they told me yes. You know what they always say? How did you get here? I don't really know, man. It was, honestly, it looked nothing like I thought it would look. Why? Because we don't get to decide what the process looks like. You got to stay committed to the process. Trust God. He's greater than your process. In your life, be willing. Be willing. 
Be willing. If you're going to be a person of faith, if this is going to be your year of favor, if this is going to be, man, if things are going to be different this year, you, you got to do something. And here's what you got to do. You got to prioritize faith. You got to redefine your problems. You got to recommit to the process. You got to remind yourself of the promise. I love it in Philippians. Uh, it says it like this. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you, he would keep at it. And he's going to bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears, whether it happens in this life or it happens in the next life. God will finish what he started in you. God will finish it. He's going to finish it. The scripture reminds us. The scripture reminds us that it's, 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 it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. For those of you who have accomplished or achieved success in your life, you probably look back on the journey. And, and actually, the journey, there, was a lot, there, there were times along the journey it was a whole lot more enjoyable, actually, than when you got to your destination. I heard an interview with a guy named Simon Cow. He's, he's like a mogul in, in, the, in the music industry. And uh, this is what he said. They said, if you can go back and do one thing over, what would you do different? He said, I would have enjoyed the process of getting there. Because the thing that I found about getting there is when I got there, there looked a whole lot just like here. The beauty's in the process. God wants you to have favor and fulfillment in your best life, not when you get there. He wants you to live your best life today when you're in the process. This is going to be your year of favor. This is going to be your year that's different. Why? Because you're committing to the process. Another translation says it like this. I'm fully convinced that the one who began this glorious work, God began it in you. That he's going to work in you. He's going to faithfully continue the what? The process. This whole conversation came as a result of I, I was one of my really good friends this last week. And uh, I'm sitting with him and I'm honestly just complaining to him. I'm like, man, like, I'm just frustrated. Like, why are you frustrated? I'm just like, I'm just mad. Like, I'm just, I'm in a bad mood and I'm frustrated. And it just seems like everything, in my, it just seems like it's not working. He's like, what are you talking about? It's like just, I, year after year, like, I'm just, I'm not... It's just, not, it's not like breaking open like I want it to break open. Things just don't seem to be working. I'm frustrated. And you know what he says back to me? He says, well, you, you, you know how this works. It's a process. He starts like quoting scripture. He's like, you know, like seeds got to go into the ground. And I'm like, don't preach to me. Like the last thing I wanted to hear, right? Like I preach, I preach that to people. But as I sat there and I listened, I re- you're, right, you're right. You're exactly right. In this life, if I'm going to be a person who trusts God, if my life's going to be good, if I'm not going to be, if I'm not going to live my life as a victim to circumstance forever, then I got to prioritize some things. I got to prioritize faith. There's more to this life than just me. I got to redefine my problems. I got to see them right. I got to see them right. Your problem, hear me today. You feel like it's forever, but it's temporary. One foot in front of the other. One foot in front of the other. The family conflict that you're going through right now, one foot in front of the other. Keep loving, keep believing, keep trusting, keep your eyes on the prize. One foot in front of the other. The thing that you've tried to accomplish time and time again, it seems like every time you step out to get a yes, you get a no. One foot in front of the other. You keep at it. You keep trusting. You keep believing. You try again. You get up. You dream again. You go to sleep. You laugh a little. You dream again. One foot in front of the other. 
Those relationships that you think, man, no, they're, they're just over one foot in front of the other. You keep trusting, you keep believing, you keep committed to the process. Those things that God has placed on the inside of you, they are not over. They're not over. Those kids that you've been believing for, man, I've been, it's been years. One foot in front of the other. You keep trusting, you keep believing, you keep your eyes on the prize. One foot in front of the other. But it doesn't look like I think it should look. One foot in front of the other. You keep trusting, you keep believing, but it's not happening as fast as I want it to happen. One foot in front of the other. You keep trusting, Madeira. You keep trusting, you keep believing. Fresno campus, you keep trusting, you keep believing. One foot in front of the other. God has not failed you yet, and He does not plan on starting. He hasn't failed you yet, and He doesn't plan on starting. One foot in front of the other. Your business is going to flourish this year. You know why? One foot in front of the other. You're going to keep believing your marriage is going to flourish this year. Why? Because one foot in front of the other. Things are going to be different. Why? One foot in front of the other. We started out, man, this conversation. How many of you believe this year could be different? Whoa! Right? Why? One foot in front of the other. This is going to be your year of favor. This is going to be your year of, of breakthrough. This is going to be your year where your wildest dreams come true. Wow, you're going to do something different this year. You're going to keep trusting. You're going to keep believing. You're going to keep looking to your great, great God. You're going to redefine your circumstance, your problems. You're going to recommit to the process. Hear that? Recommit to the process. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't you throw in the towel. Keep showing up to church. Why? Because you need to be surrounded by good people that are going to tell you you're not giving up. You feel like it, but you're not giving up, okay? So when you get in little disagreements with other people in the church, as you're volunteering on a dream team, your little squabbles on Facebook, no, 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 you set them aside, and you keep showing up. Why? One foot in front of the other. What I'm after is bigger than that. So I'm gonna learn to set that aside. I'm gonna keep trusting. I'm gonna keep believing. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna stay planted. I'm gonna stay planted. When the winds, they rage, I'm gonna stay planted keep trusting. I'm going to keep believing. Let that song get, you're not giving up. For the person today who is on the verge of suicide, you're not giving up. Your life is too valuable. God's not done with you yet. 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 Man, man, he's not done with you yet. You feel so isolated. You're not alone. You're not alone hear me today. You're not alone. We've been through it too. We're going through it too. I've been through it too. You're not alone. But allowing yourself to feel like you're isolated and you're not alone. You're not the only one who's been through it. We've been through it. We know what it's like to hurt. We know what it's like to cry ourselves to sleep, but we're pushing through. We're staying in the process. We're looking towards our great God. We're anchoring our heart in faith. It's not over. And I just declare over you that you have a new will to live. For those of you who feel like it's over, and if, if you're honest today, I don't know who I'm talking to. Maybe you're at our Madeira campus. Maybe you're at our Fresno campus. <laughs> and you're saying, yeah, but Nick, I don't even know that, that I want to keep going. Hmm. I don't even know that I have a will to live. I just declare over you that God is not done with you. And I just declare a fresh wind into your soul. You have a purpose. Look at me. If you're looking at me on a screen, you have a purpose and you have a plan. 
God's not done with you yet. You're not alone. You are, you are not forgotten. You're not forgotten. Those of you that feel forgotten, you're not, you're not forgotten. Your family may have forgotten you. Your mom may have forgotten you. Your dad may have forgotten you. Your grandmother may have forgotten you. Your family members, your coworkers, your boss, you may blend in every single day and you feel like you're forgotten. You're not forgotten. God knows you by name. God knows you by name. God knows you by name. It's not over. You haven't seen your best days yet. You're this is more than just church jargon. Your family has not seen its best days yet. As it pertains to your career, you have not seen your best days yet. If you knew the thoughts and the dreams and the plans that God has for you, do you have, do you have the courage to believe it? Can you find the courage to believe it? And if you can't, we're going to help you. As a church family, we're going to unite arms with you. You're not alone. We're going to have the courage together. We're going to believe again together. We're going to take one step at a time together. Let's close our eyes at all of our campuses. God, I ask right now that you would do something that is not just natural, but that is spiritual. Something that only you can do in our hearts in this moment. God, we ask that you would impress something in our hearts down into our soul. It changes things in a way that only you can changes things in a way that only you can. God, we're not going to lose our fight. We believe that you have more. We believe that you have more. We believe that you have more. I'm not going to lose my sight. I'm not going to lose my fight. Because you declare that over your own life? I'm not gonna lose my Come on, can you declare that I'm not going to lose my fight? I'm not going to lose my fight. Maybe for you, it's, just, it's literally a faith declaration because you don't feel like it. God, it's more. Have you so have more in you. Much more. You have more in you. You don't feel like it. You got more I'm in you. Lose my You're not going to lose your sight. I just declare over I'm you, you not are not going to lose, lose your sight. You're not going to lose your fight. You're not giving up. You're not throwing in the towel. You're not giving in. God has so more. There is more in store. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare be discouraged. There's so much more. There's so much more. There's so much more. God, we just declare a faith declaration. We will not lose our sight. God, we will not lose our fight. Things that you say.
this place, one of our locations, you've never made the greatest decision you can make to place your faith in Jesus Christ. If that's you, you are a victim to circumstance. There is no hope that this year would be better than last year. You're left wherever the wind blows. But if you place your faith in Christ, you have an ability to rise above the storm. If that's you, you want to place your faith in Jesus. I don't got to talk you into it. I know your heart's compelling you. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. We're a family, so nobody prays alone. All of our campuses, can we pray this with all of our guts today? Maybe for some of you, you you need to make just a fresh commitment. Not because God needs to hear it, but you need to hear it. Maybe today you just need to make a fresh commitment. We're going to pray this prayer. And at every campus, we're going to sing a song and, and just ask God to finish the work that he started. Now, let's pray this prayer. Say this out loud. Say, Jesus, today I believe in my heart and I confess out of my mouth that you are the Son of God. I believe that you lived for me. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you came back from the dead for me. Today I call you my Savior. I make you my Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Campuses, you can go ahead and take your campus live and sing. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.